Well, what's up? I know it's been, feels like forever, but we have done our own thing. I was required to get a booster shot, which was stupid. <laughs> I've been getting down to the nitty gritty for finals and stuff over here with Fredonia, but we are back with another episode of Bandoland Boulevard brought to you by Anchor.fm, the easiest way to make a podcast. We're, on, we're doing our post-game episode where the Buffalo Bandits clinch the number one seed in the East. Of course, I'm one of your co-hosts, Trevor Howard, and across from me is Tony LaMonica, a.k.a. Boxhead98TL. We're going to the playoffs. Not only that, but we have home field advantage, and we're ready to fight to the top, try to steal this title, and let's put another banner up for 2022. How are we feeling going into this week after the bye, coming mm-hmm. in against the Toronto Rock, for fan appreciation yep. night after a such a big win by a final score of 18 to nine over the Georgia swarm on the road. Uh, a much needed game that we all said before they had to make a statement and they went into Georgia and they did. So they basically said, all right, enough of this layback. We're going to just kind of like scope it out to the very end and hope. No Tavares is like, you either do this now or there is no end of next year or right. whatever you say in the playoffs, even though we'd be going in, but I'm sure they're saying to themselves, let's just get this done. We'll have home field, like you said, and it's done. We now are the top of the East. We don't, you know, this last game doesn't mean nothing, but maybe for just pride reasons, but they can go with the confidence saying, if you want to beat the best, you got to come to our house and do so. They made a statement that game. So good for you guys to make that happen. And I guess you can say the Devils went down to Georgia, and they were definitely looking for a soul to steal, and they absolutely did. Doubled the mm-hmm. score on those guys, 18-9, to and the secondary scoring was in full effect. And just the regular top dogs were scoring. The first star of the game, who we'll get into in a little bit, was a much-needed performance out of that, you know, that much of a caliber player. We'll definitely get into that in a little bit, but I predicted a, like 12-10 or 11-10 on the preview. I didn't think this was going to be a very, you know, large blowout, and it was, but because usually when they go down to Georgia, it's pretty close, and the Bandits, you know, when they go down to Georgia, it's pretty iffy, but when they do, they look good. Obviously, doubled the score on them. 18-9 was not expecting that. I'm happily wrong that my score prediction was wrong. So was mine. I chose 14-10. So we were kind of in the same, like, oh, yeah, Georgia's going to still score that kind of, like, they got the players to do so. But, again, they shut them down under 10, which is why we're so good at defense and everybody else coming back, especially with Weiss and Martin coming back in the defensive lineup. And look at the difference. When you get your starters back and they're, and they're healthy, they're ready to go, and they know their roles, and guess what? They came out and played their game and doubled the score. They shut down some of the top guys on that team like LeBlanc and the Thompson brothers. But we'll get into that statistics. But all around, they played as a team. They didn't do, uh, oh, I'll take charge and you guys can just follow. No, they worked in a system where they all contributed. And that is huge for any team in the National Cross League, especially how the game has changed now since the beginning of the bandits uprising in 92. So we have gotten to that point and now we see it. And this year should be the dedicated year that they've worked for 
to win another championship and to have that fifth banner raised in the Key Bank Center. I'm excited. I know you fans are excited. Let's get this done. And I know a lot of you are going to say, well, since we now have first place and we're playing Toronto, do we want to risk anybody getting hurt or anybody going into the playoffs? That's a good question. But we also got to realize this could be the playoff game, even though it's not a playoff game. We want to make sure that we complete the series and also make a statement going into the playoffs by beating Toronto here at home this Saturday night at the Key Bank Center. I completely agree. The record is actually for most wins in Bandits in a Bandits regular season is 14 and 4, and that was done in 2019. If they want to go in there and beat that record, um, you know, without trying to, you know, risk getting anybody injured, I would absolutely take a 15 and 3 record and, you know, break that stat because that would be fantastic to see. And then once you get into, you know, whether or not you want to play your starters, we'll get into that in the pregame, but you want to play your starters, you want to sit them. I don't know. I, I truthfully don't know. It's not like the NFL. It's not like the NHL where they come out and they say, oh, these guys are starting this week, and that's that. Mm-hmm. You really don't find out who the starters are until maybe three, four hours before the game True. in the NLL, which is something that I think <clears throat> they need to fix. But I think this is just an extremely low-leverage situation. If they go 14-4, and four, great. If they go 15-3, and three, great. I don't really care. I just don't want any of their starters to get injured. I want them to be completely healthy going into this playoffs because – Similar to 2019, I think this is just an extremely good chance for the Bandits to go in there and take this year and, and win it all. Yeah, I believe it too because they're proving a point. They not only want to set the tone and really try to like say, okay, we've worked this hard in the regular season, but if we go into the playoffs and we have a completely different attitude, that's not the way they want to go. They want to continue that Johnny Tavares leadership and they want to just say, okay, regular season is done. That doesn't mean anything at the moment because we, well, it obviously does because we worked our way to win first place overall and we got home field advantage. Okay. Step one's done. Now step two, one game at a time. The only thing I don't like seeing teams do is thinking ahead. Like, Oh yeah, we got the team to do what we can. We're going to March. How far you got to think about that for that. You got to really think about the second because you got to know who you're playing first. And again, like we've been saying all season long, take one game at a time. That's the only way you're going to actually do something with this season. And they have been. They have taken one game at a time. They haven't given up at any time necessary. The only time when we all felt maybe that wasn't the kind of game that we wanted to see was against New York Riptide when we lost our first home game. But again, they regrouped. They got their spirits back when they got players back. End of story. So all we got to do is keep that confidence to a level where it's not overconfident, where we're going to be like, oh, yeah, we got these guys. No, you don't. Because like I said before, any given team can win those games. And there's been throughout this whole season long that's happened before. And we never should underestimate any team. I don't care how bad their record is. Look at New York. They proved it when they came to the key bank center and they just immediately had their foot on the gas and they never looked back. They never looked back. We were always down and trying to claw our way back, but it was too little too late. So again, we have to go in with the same mentality that we've been doing all season long attack first, maintain your control of the game and never look 
back. You keep that foot on the gas pedal, and no team can touch you if you guys decide to continue that strategy. I 100% agree. It's great. You clinch playoffs, and then what's next? You clinch home field. That That's fantastic. What's next? Now you just got to think, take one game at a time, go into the playoffs with that mindset, and then after that, you want to get into the championship game and then just you know, put everything that you got into it because I think this season, more than any other season, is a year where the Bandits can absolutely go all the way. Mm-hmm. And this game was a perfect example of why, you know, it showed, you know, a lot of the adversity of why the Bandits are the way they are. I think Ian McKay, right off the bat, I just want to say this highlight real quick, probably got goal of the year in the fourth quarter to go up 15-8. to eight. What Ian McKay did mm-hmm. shows that that is the epitome of a transition player in the NLL, a guy that's great defensively and a guy that can make ESPN top 10, top five goals like he did. What did you think about Ian McKay's possible NLL goal of the year candidate? Well, that's called textbook lacrosse style coming out of the box, making that big hit, not only taking the turnover, marching down to their other end and scoring the goal. It's like a picture perfect play that only he had to make himself set up for. And boy, oh boy, that uh, right there is textbook lacrosse. You made the perfect timing coming out of the box. The pass was coming to the guy on that side. You hit him clean. The ball came loose. You turned it over. You marched right down to their goalie and you scored. You hit the net and then you scored. So again, I would have preferred a lot of people would have been like, at least he hit the net, but he still scored. Still That's scored. what makes it more beautiful. And there, uh, uh, Ian, I swear to God, if you're listening to this, bravo, sir. Absolutely. That was textbook lacrosse throughout the entire duration of that whole scene right there. Beautiful. All you got to say is beautiful. Beautiful. Great goal. And then, I mean, we can just get into the three stars of the game right now because I really just want to get into that. Obviously, final score being 18-9, to and we can get into Mm -hmm. the stats, too, right before. 65 shots for the favor of the Bandits to the 37 for Georgia. An absolute blowout in that category. Face-offs, 13 of 31 for the Bandits. Really didn't show on the scoreboard that much, given the 18-9 to final. Three for four on the power play, which is great, and three for three on the penalty kill, which is fantastic. And only had six penalty minutes to Georgia's eight. I think those are extremely great numbers that they absolutely need to take in the playoffs. Cashing in on power play opportunities is huge. Then obviously the shutdown defense on the penalty kill as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you especially want to have that kind of special teams atmosphere um, when it comes down to crunch time. Yeah, I'm not saying now because regular season to us now it's dead. To me, this last game is dead. I don't care. It's, it's irrelevant. When you're going, yep. But when you're going into the playoffs, you want to maintain that special teams, uh, um, your power play units, the top of the league, your penalty killing has gotten even stronger towards the end of the season. That's something that you need to carry into the playoffs, especially coming down to where it is crunch time one game at a time we work together as a team you guys have been doing that all season long but the special teams has been superb this whole season long yes it has i mean absolutely fantastic out of the out of our special teams especially i mean i've been more impressed with our power play in the last four weeks than anything else i mean penalty kill you can look at that perfect 100 percent. but do you know how hard it is sometimes to go 75 percent on the power play whether that's that's Hockey or lacrosse, it does not matter. Mm-hmm. I've been more impressed with that more than anything going on right now over the past month or so. And let's get right into the three stars. Sure. All bandits, no surprises. Third star, Josh Byrne, number 22 on the field. 
number one in your heart. It really depends on who your favorite player is on the Bandits. Mm-hmm. But three goals, three assists, six points, including a power play goal. That is the Josh Byrne that we want to see. And we mentioned like about a month ago, we need to see him score some more. And that's the only thing that he's been doing is scoring. He's also tallying a lot of assists lately too. Dane Smith, a point getter, was a star number two. Nine points that night and a power play goal. Two goals, seven assists. Amazing stuff from him as per usual. And Chris Cloutier, I mean, a guy that we finally see the production out of because you know what he did? He (laughs) took the ball, and not only did he take the ball and cradle it, he let his killer shot go, and it went into the net three times. He tallied five assists, eight points, and including a power play goal. We mentioned this all season long to shoot the ball, and look what happens when he finally does. He gets the first star of the game. Well-deserved. Absolutely. And he got heavyweight uh, of the game, too, as well for his eight point performance, especially when we telling him season long, he's got to start shooting the ball. He's got to have that confidence in the world to let. Hey, guys, I know Dane Smith, Josh Byrne, Chase Frazier, Tahoka and all those guys can score goals. Connor Fields as well. Yep. But Chris can shoot, too. And the thing is, is that a lot of times when he's had opportunities, he decided to pass the ball more, which is I get it. But if you got a lane that says, please take it, here's your opportunity. Take, dude. take the shot. You have a killer of a shot and it scares goaltenders. So you have to keep shooting anywhere on the field. I mean, he's got that. You can go from a sidearm. He can go from overhand. He can do it. He can do it all, but he's got to have confidence in himself to like, just say, Hey guys, I can score goals just as much as you guys can. Let me do this work. So, and again, this is why this team is so good. It's because anyone on that floor can score goals. But thankfully, Chris Cloutier must have heard our last podcast or finally said it in his ear and kept ringing. What are these guys telling me to do? They're saying shoot the ball. And guess what? There you go. You got a hat trick for God's sakes. Good congratulations, buddy. Rang the bell three times on the road and also got five assists. We all knew that Chris Cloutier was a playmaker. We just wanted mm-hmm. him to shoot some more. And when, when he did, he cashed in a hat trick on the road and hostile enemy territory like Georgia where the bandits normally don't play their high velocity as they usually do. They scored 18 goals, and Chris Cloutier, without him on there, I don't know if the Bandits even come close to 18 because five assists plus three goals, you might be taking away. I mean, if you want to mention a baseball term, war, I think maybe his war in this game was probably plus or minus seven uh, seven goals on the day. And if he's not out there playing, this this game is much, much, much closer than what it was. And for game leaders, it's a – Actually, a three-way tie between Chris Cloutier, Connor mm-hmm. Fields, and Josh Byrne with three goals uh, three goals each, two miles Thompson's two goals, who you really can't take lightly either, despite the 18-9 score. Dane nope. Smith obviously leading an assist with seven to Lyle Thompson, his brother, five. Matt Vince only needed to make 28 saves to win the game and win the game handily to Craig Wendy's 30 saves and... Steve Priolo picking up eight loose balls is also great stuff to see. And Josh Byrne out there causing two turnovers, which Josh Byrne getting out there. He's, it seems like this year he's more physical than he's ever been, which I really love to see. Yeah. But I mean, Josh Byrne's got to also be careful of the fact that, you know, I know you want to make a statement, but he looks like, to me, he looks like a tree branch. He's really thin. And, but I love his confidence that he's going out there and getting, you know, a little choppy and a little pushy too. So that gives you guys another guy to look at for, um, 
but still, we got to make sure to stay healthy as possible. I mean, yes, Josh Burr needs to be out there most of the time on the floor for setting up plays and, you know, scoring the goals when needed. And also kudos to Connor Fields, too, as well, for also getting a hat trick that game, too. He's another guy that's finally starting to shoot the ball more and getting himself uh, on the score sheet, too, what we much needed. And especially to our possible rookie of the year, Tahoka Nantico, to get two goals, uh, mind you, uh, having a five-point night, uh, two th- uh, two goals, three assists, five points. Um, and again, he's going to have a battle with Jeff T because yes. those two are going to be definitely fighting for that rookie of the year title. But again, if Tahoka wants to win that title for the next game, he needs to step up huge, especially against Toronto uh, upcoming that they now know what to expect, but he needs to get to like that four or five goal range to really set the pace. But to me, we could talk about that on Friday night or close to game time, but that would be like a go-to guy for me. So, all right. Oh, absolutely. Yep. Spoiler alert, but it's not really a spoiler, uh, spoiler yeah, alert not. at all, but because <laughs> during the Tucker night, when the last time the Rock came to town, he had a hell of a game. He had a great mm. game, and you can only expect that um, out of him once again. Uh, when you look at the scoring summary, and if you guys did not watch the game like at mm-hmm. all, I don't think you guys would believe me that Georgia had a one nothing lead in this one. Just because you look at the box score and you see 18-9, the Bandits were actually losing at the start of this game. Matt mm-hmm. Vince let up a goal in the first two minutes and 45 seconds of the game to Brandon Bomberry, assisted by the two Thompson brothers. But then ever since then... The tie was turned, and the Bandits never looked back. When you look at this, you love to see the secondary scoring. The first quarter, the Bandits only scored three. They only led 3-2 to two going into the second, but Chris Cloutier scoring. Then mm-hmm. Josh Byrne scoring. Then the captain, Steve Priolo, putting a ball in the back of the net. They led 3-2 to two after one. You love to see the secondary scoring. Guys like Fields, Frazier, Buchanan, Nanticoke, uh, Daner, obviously, Matt Spanger scoring goals, Ian mm-hmm. McKay scoring goals, and, you know, the Bandits staying out of the penalty box and having Dang. the goal, Poulin getting pulled after making only 17 saves. And then you had to have Wendy come in to make 30 saves. It was just a nightmare for the Swarm. But obviously, for us as Bandit fans, it was it was a wonder. It was wonderful. It's fantastic. It was just too sweet is more likely uh, the NWO kind of like style, <laughs> just too sweet. And basically yep. that's how we got to look at it as in honor of Scott shoot- Hall, Scott, Hall. Honor Scott Hall. Oh yes. Uh, out shooting, outscoring our opponents and also winning every quarter that game, especially jumping out big in the second quarter, having eight goals alone to have eight goals in one quarter. That's huge. Huge. That is huge for the guys to do so. And if you can do that every quarter, you're guaranteed to win these games. But also, you got to still have that defense protecting your goaltender because if you don't and you think, oh, yeah, it's a walk in the park. We can allow him to shoot. That gives him a chance to come back. So I'm glad for the guys to actually, you know, say, hey, this game ain't over yet. We're going to play through this whole thing. And they did. That's what you got to do. You got to play the full 60. And that's what they did. I like how you mentioned the eight spot in the second because they only scored, the Swarm only scored nine goals in that game. So the game, like I said in the preview, what the Bandits needed to do was end the game at halftime and then mm-hmm. just play the second half, like, you know, just, just run it up at that point. Never play from behind. 
outside of the first two and a half minutes of the game, they weren't playing behind at all. And two and a half in the two and a half minutes in the game is nothing. You have an eternity of time left to go, and you're only down by one. You have so much time left to go in there and win the game. They scored eight in one quarter. The Swarm throughout four scored nine. That shows you how dominant the the uh, Bandits' offense is, and how the how unstoppable this Bandits' defense is, and just the overall great goaltending from Matt Vince. Didn't see a lot of shots, but when his name was called upon, he was there to make big saves. Yeah, Vince is definitely on his on his best season, I think, by far. I mean, oh, and also. Speaking of talking about Mad Vince, congratulations on 9,000 saves. Huge. Oh, my gosh. That itself tells you this is the guy, or can we say the goat of goaltending in the National Lacrosse League that you have to beat. And it would be a blessing if you even get as close to Matt Vince as what he has done in his whole career. And I mean, back when he played for Rochester and now playing for Buffalo, unbelievable 9,000 career saves plus, And he's still got one more game left to add to that list. God bless you, buddy. You are an awesome goaltender and you deserve nothing but the best. And why, when I tell you that this guy's been through it all, he has, I, I tell you, he's been through it all. He's the goalie that has faced the most penalty shots in NLL history. Yes, he's he has. Had, he's been a part of a dynasty in Rochester over there in the 585. He's mm-hmm. had his great seasons. He's had his seasons where the team around him was starting to rebuild. He's been in that phase before. And now he's going into another season where he can win his, correct me if I'm wrong, fifth championship ring. In the NLL, because Rochester won three or four back in that dynasty from the early 2000s into the 2010s decade. Mm -hmm. So he has the chance to fill up his entire hand with rings. But we got to have that one in the orange and black because we don't. Let's do it in the orange and black. We don't like that teal and blue or the we don't like Mm -mm. the teal and black. We like the orange (laughs) and black. So with that said, Matt Vince is the absolute goat. He made 9,000, like nine thousand saves is almost unheard of baseball you've heard of mr 3000 and craig biggio now he's mr 9000 over there you know making saves he's a he's a wall he's when his name gets called upon he's the guy that makes the the biggest saves in the history of the game that's going to be the best part of the playoffs too is if you keep him in check and you also if he's dialed up and locked in there is nothing that any team can beat because he is just so good at reading the angles and making sure making those important saves possible. Yeah. You get some flimsy goals that go off your equipment and in, or just, you couldn't see it either because of the screening. But again, when the saves matter right through crunch time, he is there like a brick wall and there is nothing you can get by him. And that's important, especially that's another piece. That's important. Let's say that's not the whole thing, but it's a piece of the teamwork that is a very important to have going into the playoffs. You need one of the best goaltenders in the game and you have it in Matt Vince. And he is going to definitely show you if you guard him and you protect him and he sees those outside shots as much as possible he will never let you down. And a lot of, I mean, I've got a lot of grief from some of my sections saying, Oh my God, Vince is having a bad day. Excuse me. Um, this goaltender has faced more shots than probably anyone has saw in their life. Yes. And this is the thing you've got to understand is that he 
doesn't give up when the chips are down. He just stays focused. He makes sure that his team's still with him in game plan style. And then he just sets himself to where nothing gets by him. And he's like, to me, that's like Ryan Miller and Dominic Asher combined into that man right there. Yep. And Matt Vince is that guy that's going to help this team, excuse me, win possibly their fifth title in team history. And, oh, Matt Vince isn't having such a great night. I don't know if you guys know this. Newsflash, uh, letting in goals is a, is a part of the game. It's a part of the game. It's, a, it's impossible to have a – it's virtually impossible to shut a team out in the National Lacrosse League. Goalies, you can be the best goalie of all time. You're still probably letting in five, six, seven, eight, nine goals a game. That's just a mm-hmm. part of the game. Like, that's something that, you know, we, people need to understand. And when you look back at those teams in Rochester where he was dominant, you know why they won championships? Because they had a great offense, and they had a defense when, in crunch time, they stepped up, they were physical, they had guys that can win faceoffs, and they had the best goalie in the game. Let's see. Let's let's look at the 2021-2022 Bandits right now. They have a lethal offense. Mm-hmm. They have a defense when called upon is very physical. They yep. have a guy now in Max Adler that can win faceoffs. Which he hasn't have, been there for the last two games. And he hasn't been there in the last two games, and the faceoff numbers have still gone up. That, But that's, you know, beside the point. Mm-hmm. And we have the best goaltender of all time. They are mere images of each other, this Rochester dynasty and this 2021-22 Bandit squad. There is mm-hmm. absolutely no excuse why they cannot win the title this year. That's right. You guys got to go in there and play your game like you've always had all season long. Yeah, you had what three games that were not going your way but you only lost by two or three big deal right big Big deal deal. big deal losing happens it happens you can't go undefeated unless you're unless you take a time machine back to 1993 no other team has gone undefeated it's just a part of the game it's part of the game and you're absolutely right about that and you know what like you said they only lost by what two one two game. to Toronto, the first game. Three to, um, what to New York. Yeah, New York. Yep. And then what was the other loss? Oh, 15 14 to Colorado. Yeah, oh, lost by one. Lost one. by one. So in the grand scheme of the three uh, games you've lost, you only lost by six goals. So an average of two, average of two goals, you've lost games to. You know, guys, that's that's an accomplishment right haven't there. Haven't gotten blown out. They haven't gotten no, killed. Not once. They haven't gotten blown out. They look like they did, but they fight back. And that's another thing that they have is that they don't quit. JT never says die. Never says die. So again, that's another thing that this team has been so strong about is that they never give up. And that's what I love about this team is that no matter how down they are, they just, guys, let's make a game out of this. Let's go. And then here we go. And they make a comeback. So you guys got to just stop uh, fans. Listen to me. Listen to me. Listen, just take a deep breath real quick. And then goose fraba. It's okay to lose in this game. You know what I mean? Because guys, if we go, if we went perfect 17 and 0 and we lose the last game of the season, you know what? Are you really mad? No, because we're in no. the playoffs. That's the thing you guys got to think about. Yeah. It sucks to lose a Toronto. It sucks to lose just a one by Colorado. And it definitely sucks to a team, which was under 500 and we should have won in like, their house, bad. in our house, in our house. So again, listen, we all want that perfect season. Again, we all want to set records, especially now with the leagues getting tougher and tougher with new teams coming in. You know what? It's on the players and in the team itself yep. to be that perfect. But again, to be on top, 
at 14 and three, and you could, excuse me, end the season at 15 and three or 14 and four, and you still be at a top. I'm not complaining, guys. You earned the right to be at number one. And right. why? Because you worked for it and you never gave up. And that's the big thing that a lot of teams are going, Shh. yeah, he's right. He's right. Yep. So yep. Um, another thing, too, just to look back on statistics-wise, without Max Adler, I don't know what's going on with Max, and we hope that you get back soon. Hopefully he's coming back, yeah. But for those who stepped in, again, this is the same kind of like, uh, players that got back into the faceoff dot. Just a quick stat on that. Um, Ian McKay went six of 20, which was again tough on him, but a lot of people were getting switched around. Uh, Nick Weiss went one of two, and uh, of course, Chase Fraser went six of nine there on the faceoff dot. So again, you could have Chase, you could have Max, or you could have Ian. Really, it doesn't matter. But again, it's just how you know, important sometimes that face, that Fogo uh, to be there. If not, you guys got other players to do it. So again, maybe that gave you the uh, confidence boost to say, Oh, I got an important role to play. I got to win faceoffs here. So, and again, this is a part of the game. That's key. If you have control of the game, you set the tone. And that's something that these guys have done, especially against Georgia, because that's the reason why we got that uh, 18 to nine victory is that we got to start it off. And a lot of faceoffs, even though favoritism was towards Georgia, whatever we still got the w and that's all that matters yeah faceoffs favored them but it did not show on the scoreboard which is the most important part that's uh, right negative max adler's out positive hey look chase fraser can win faceoffs so like yep. it seems like with every negative with this team it directly leads into a positive so you i don't know is it really a negative at that point no nah. i don't know it's kind of up to you guys to determine it's sort of a subjective question but mm -hmm. No, no matter what you know happens next week, whether they're going to start their starters, whatever, they're fourteen and they're either going to be fourteen and four or fifteen and three, mm -hmm. and you guys should be damn proud of this team this year going into the playoffs. If they went eighteen and zero and lost in the first round, guess what? That season record means nothing. It's irrelevant. That's right. It means That's right. With these losses, fourteen and three, it takes the pressure off. Hey, you lost. You know what losing feels like. You're not going to be known as that team that went undefeated and lost in the first round. You're not going to be known as the 1998 Minnesota Vikings, okay? That team that went like 15 and 1 in regular season and lost in the first round. Like that sucks. You're not going to be looked at like that. You're going to be looked at that you're going to be looked at as that dominant team in the regular season that carried it into the playoffs whether they won the championship or didn't. One of the most memorable squads in Bandit history. Well, all I can basically say is that we got Toronto next. That's a Saturday. If you haven't got your tickets yet, do so. And for those of you um, wondering about, you know, casting your vote for the fan of the year, it is now officially closed because they have to uh, do the counts and see who has the most votes. So for all of those who did put themselves or have their friends and family vote in on them. I wish you the best of luck. Of course. I mean, I had a couple of people saying, well, everybody's a fan of the year uh, because they dedicate their time and you know, their money. Listen, if you're saying stuff like that, everybody gets a trophy. You, uh, yeah. And obviously you have placed your name in there and of course probably never won. And, and I'm not saying that to be disrespectful in any way, but you shouldn't judge on others for trying a little bit more harder than you making that comment, especially uh, through the Bandits Mafia page. And again, 
that's my humble opinion. You could disagree right or on. agree with me. That's fine. Yep. I'm not saying that, but I am saying this. If you put yourself put yourself in that competition for fan of the year, you have, I technically say you have no say. Yeah. You really don't yep. because you're obviously trying to win. And maybe you've done that for whenever they first started doing fan of the year and that's okay. But again, don't judge if you're going to be involved in it. But if you're not, you have every right to say something because you're not putting yourself in that uh, predicament. So again, I don't know if you are, then you got to not say nothing. But if you're not, you can say anything you want. But again, that's just my humble opinion. Y'all can disagree or agree with me for what I'm saying. But again, for those that are trying that little bit extra, trying to win that fan of the year, and for those that have won, uh, mind you that the last fan of the year happened to be a box head gang box yep. head guy. Um, my buddy, Joe Shuby from 2019, before it all closed down from 2020 and 2021 season. Now we're at 2022. We're back in the swing of things and guys, this is the way to bring it back. And, and I really uh, respect the fact that Scotty has brought that back and had the opportunity to give fans, you know, a chance to say, okay, we're back and doing it again. So the people can vote. So you make the best of it and hopefully hear a word or get that phone call possibly in a day or two. And then Saturday we get to uh, announce the winner right out there before the game starts. So for those of you who have entered, I just want to say good luck to you guys. And no matter which fan goes out there, I'm going to congratulate and shake hands or, you know, and smile because of the fact that you get to share that moment with the bandits. And, and we're all rooting for the same team. We're all here for the same absolutely. reason. Absolutely. Yep. We're all here for the orange and black. So we all, we're all technically winners if you want to put it that way. All here for the same reason, but there's only, there's only one trophy. So hate to break it to any, everybody out there that thinks that, That's that a fact. the entire <laughs> bandits mafia should win. Eh. As much as I would love that, I just mm-hmm. don't. I just don't agree with it. There's only one fan of the year. That's why it's called fan. No s. Fan at the end. of the year. Fan yeah. of the oh, year. We got one more thing to do. You know it. Gotta, you know it. And yep. I, I, I think I know where he's going with oh, this. Yes, I am. I think yeah. I know what he just grabbed. He just grabbed the world heavyweight bandit title in there his hand. Is. The orange belt for you guys that cannot see it because this, you know you're only getting the audio clip of this. But mm-hmm. we are picking our <laughs> fan. Oh, we are picking. I almost said fan of the year. We're picking <laughs> our. We're, we're picking player of our the game. player of the game. And with that said, you have the belt, so I'm just gonna let you go first. What? Come on, you. I think I know who you're gonna pick. I think you're gonna go with you Chris Cloutier. Go? I think you're gonna pick Chris Cloutier. No, I'm going with Mr. Nine Thousand. Maddie Vino Vince, yes. Matt, you get the trophy on his part. Or the he clinched the yeah, record. Trophy. He clinched the record. He's Mr. 9000 now. He is officially the greatest goalie of all time because of the saves and contributions he made in this game. Matt Vince Matt is Vince. my player of the game. I like that pick, Trevor. Nicely done so. And you know what? Since I've already spilled his name out, I got to say it. Chris Cloutier, you get the belt for me. Sir, the orange deuce, yep. You have finally answered our call, and you got to shoot the ball more, and you had confidence in your game and your style, and I'm just thinking, God, I'm going, he's actually shooting. And he's, and <laughs> wow. he's got the swagger he's now. he's goals. So he's not got only the... do you get the heavyweight uh, belt from the Bandits organization, my pick uh, this week against Georgia is definitely Chris Cloutier, number two. Dude, you have been really setting the tone for the last few games, but especially that game – to clinch number one with the team that is going to march into the playoffs, not only at the top seed, but with their heads held high. And no matter what team comes against, you guys are going to take it one game at a time. So again, 
my player of the game, Chris Cloutier. Trevor's player of the game is Matt Vince. Boy, oh boy, guys. And fans and those who have been listening to our podcasts, please chime in. We are willing to listen. We are willing to answer your questions. Don't be afraid. You guys have us on Facebook or Instagram or Twitter. Send us a message. Send us a message. Something you want to get involved on this podcast. We want you fans to get involved on this podcast. If you're a Toronto fan that stumbled across this and you want to talk, you know what? Reach out. Any cross fans out there, let's just say it that way. Reach out. Let's just get them all out here. Just reach out. (laughs) It's not not all about our team, too. I mean, we can get you guys involved if you want. We'll make this a whole brand of every team possible, but – Obviously, no, this is all about the Bandits right here. So, it's yes. all about the boys from 1992 that have been killing this league since then. So that's what it's about. Anyone that wants to reach out, absolutely. New Bandits fan, old Bandits fan, somebody mm-hmm. that just got into watching the game of lacrosse. There have been a few out. people. Yep, there have been a few people that I know that have watched their first ever game live, and they're hooked from that moment. So guess what? Don't be ashamed to say, hey. I want to learn more about the game. You two know exactly what's going on. I would love to find out more about this game. So again, what do I do to get involved? Guys, all we're basically telling you is call us up. Um, basically through message. Facebook message yep. or anything. Instagram us. We are always live everywhere we possibly can do. I mean, it's getting close to playoff season. And I know everyone's got questions. And I know you guys have something on your mind about this team or what your input is going into the next game or so forth. But we want to hear from you. You, If we have to do a Facebook live together, we will do so. But again, we don't want you guys holding back. We, and we appreciate you guys all listening in, but we also want your input. We also want to see what you have to say about the boys in the orange and black too. So don't be afraid to chime in at any time possible we accept and welcome those who want to get their voice heard and want to like ask us the questions that we can do so please don't be afraid yep and the only thing that we will not tolerate is matt vince slander like like we've seen None. on some some parts oh. of bandits of bandits mafia that we've seen toxic Just drop that call real quick Boop, i would we would hang up and block your number because we that is the only restriction that we have other than yeah also swearing of course even though sometimes we want to drop we, tr- you know, we try we want to drop the f-bombs as much as possible but we're trying to keep it as professional as possible too, like we can well, always so. say chris f and cloutier on here that's fine <laughs> but you know sometimes we just want to drop something whether we're talking about the refs or was great f and play from ian mckay it works both ways positives and negatives those yep. are the only restrictions we can't do that and matt vince slander those are the two no-nos on the show mm-hmm. that's all but on behalf of myself on behalf of yeah myself trevor howard and on behalf of you tony lamonica <laughs> aka box at 98tl the bandits win 18-9 they clinch number one seed in the East. Whatever happens next week happens. It's time to turn it on in two weeks, hopefully, when the Bandits host. Who's the fourth seed team going to be? We really don't know at this point. It, it May 7th, be, get your tickets now, guys. It can be a West Coast team. Remember that. Whoever gets that mm-hmm. fourth spot is an absolute wild card. I'm looking at Calgary. I'm looking at Panther City. I'm looking at Georgia, all these teams that are coming through. So with that said, on behalf of myself and Tony, Thank you for listening to this. The Bandits are going to the first overall. They're hosting home field. They're going to the show. So let's go. As always, let's Let's go go Bandits. bandits. Let's go.